Hello and welcome to Pod Be With You for another daily devotional. Today's devotional is inspired by one of the most famous and beautiful passages in our scripture. These famous words from the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. And Jesus says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt had lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. A group of psychologists were working on understanding what motivates people, and not just motivates, but actually changes their behavior. And so, as psychologists do, uh, they set about a series of social experiments. And as you might guess, what they found was fascinating, if not particularly flattering. Their first experiment was in San Diego. And they were trying to see what it might take to get people to reduce their energy consumption. They were trying to find the most effective messaging. So they went around the neighborhoods hanging signs on front doors for different versions. The first read, Please reduce energy use in your home in order to reduce the drain on our natural resources. The second was, please reduce energy consumption in the home in order to save money at the end of the month. The third, please do this for future generations so that your children will have access to these resources. And the last one read, the majority of your neighbors are regularly undertaking efforts to reduce energy consumption in their homes. Please follow. So, which of these randomly scattered messages would motivate a change in behavior? Save the planet? Save money? Won't someone please think of the children? And everybody else is doing it. As you might have guessed by now, they found that the only correlation for those who regularly and substantially reduced their energy consumption were those who received the sign saying, The majority of your neighbors are regularly undertaking efforts to reduce energy consumption in their homes. Please follow. It was the only message that changed anyone's behavior. Maybe the most beautifully ironic part of this is that this was also the only message people said wouldn't work on them. When people were separately polled on which of these signs would motivate them to change their behavior, they swore it would be anyone but that. They believed themselves to be motivated by the first three. They wanted to save the earth, save money, and save enough for their children. The fourth was laughed off. No way, they said. I don't care what my neighbors are doing. My neighbors aren't me. I'm my own person. I think for myself. And yet, the, of course, the only sign that consistently changed what they actually did was the sign that said, in essence, the herd is moving this way. Keep together, please. Nothing influences people like other people. We do this at least in part because there's safety in numbers, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual safety in numbers. Yeah, we like new ideas, we have principles to live by and all that, but often enough, or at least often most powerfully, we take our cues from other people. Children tend to speak in the accents, not of their parents, but of their peers. Whether it's a native language or a second language, even if it's the same language spoken at home, children will more often speak 
in the accents, in the dialects of their classmates and friends. They get their cues from them and adapt to be as like them as possible. We are powerfully connected to one another, powerfully compelled to fit in. Which means if we're taking our cues from one another, there is power in what cues we're sending each other, for better and for worse. Our same psychologists, intrigued by the results of their first study, went back to try something else. And the question this time was this. What happens when this kind of herd mentality meets people behaving badly? What's the downside to letting everybody know what everybody else is doing when we know that what other people do has a lot of influence on them? They tried another experiment. This time they tackled a different problem. Visitors were stealing bits of fossilized trees from the Petrified Forest National Park. And this is, of course, illegal. And besides breaking the law, those pocketing the pieces were undermining the integrity of the environment and the nature of the park. So what if we just, you know, ask them not to? They scattered paths in the forest with pieces of petrified wood and fossils and crystals, and on some of those paths they posted signs that read something to the effect of, visitors to this park are stealing at a rate of two tons per month and will deplete this national treasure quickly if it isn't stopped, so please don't steal. So what do you think happened? Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> the result was that on those paths with the signs that said, please don't steal, theft tripled. As one visitor put it, and she was interviewed after she had read the sign and still taken a fossil, she said, well, if they're going that fast, I thought I'd better get mine now. <laughs> Implied in that, it seems, is, and if that many people are doing it, how bad could it really be? Whether we want to believe it or not, the behavior of the whole, real or perceived, often has more power over us than we want. Even when we know better, think better, want better, feel like we are better, or at least different. What we perceive as normative behavior has a hold on us. Again, in part because there's safety in this. I heard a proverb this week that put it like this, the tallest blade of grass is the first to be cut down. But it also means that we probably have more power to influence others than we think. I thought again this week as I heard Jesus saying, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Other times he tells us to teach and to preach and to declare, but not as often as he tells us what to do, how to be. Your good works, not your good words, will be what people notice. He says, shine your light, not run your mouth. Actions speak louder than words, we know, which means your life is probably speaking louder than you think. For better or worse, people are watching. If nothing influences people like people, we may have no greater power to make the world a better place than living how we want it all to be. We want to bring attention and reverence to God, want to change how other people are in the world. Live it. Live peacefully, compassionately, generously, joyfully, justly. Not just because then they can see how awesome you are, but because they will see in you the power of God. And because in seeing you be this way, they will find space, permission, cover, safety, motivation 
to be the same way. This story is about salt being salty, about light being light, about us being who we were created to be, and not only for our own personal actualization, but because it is by this that God is reaching other people. So let your light shine before others, Jesus says, not only because they will see you, but because by you they will see something of God. Glow because you're lit from the inside out. Shine because you reflect the light coming from beyond you. Ignite because that is your power to light up someone else. Thanks be to God. Amen. If your heart is willing, let me offer this prayer for you and for the world today. O oh God, light of the minds that know you, life of the souls that love you, strength of the thoughts that seek you, help us so to know you that we may truly love you, so to love you that we may fully serve you, in whose service is perfect freedom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for sharing this time with us today. Have a blessed day.